0: And thank you for listening to The History of World War II Podcast, Episode 319, How Do You Solve a Problem Like MacArthur? Last time, General Matsuharu Homa, commander of the Japanese forces invading the Philippines, realized he had failed. Yes, most of the island of Luzon was under Japanese control, but not all of it, and the Filipinos and Americans were still defiant. So, on February 8th, Homa ordered his forces to disengage and pull back north to the bagat Orión line. From there, he would wait for reinforcements. Then, and only then, would he renew his attack and finish off the enemy in southern Bataan and on Corregidor. At this moment, Homa's 14th Army had lost 2,700 men, with another 4,000 wounded, But what had really crippled the war effort for Luzon, besides the defender's tenacity, were the 12,000 Japanese soldiers who had come down with various ailments, like dysentery. Which goes back to planning and supplies. Which goes back to the commander, Homa. Yes, he had failed. And as the Imperial General Headquarters had made clear to Homa, between Tokyo's attack on Singapore just starting, indeed... On that very date, February 8th, and the still-coming attack on the Netherlands East Indies, there were, currently, no forces to spare. To be sure, on February 10th, Tokyo approved the reinforcements to HOMA, but it would take time. Time to gather, refit, and transport the 4th Division from Shanghai. Until then, the officers of the General Staff would send to HOMA additional siege artillery to harass and keep back the enemy just in case they felt confident enough to launch their own attack, which they did, but command kept them in check, given the lack of food and medicine. Additionally, Imperial headquarters would send Army Air Force and Navy Air Force bombers, and if they weren't in time to help wrap up Baton, they could certainly participate in the destruction of the enemy's command structure on Corregidor. When all was said and done, Homa believed he would be able to start up his attack again in early April. Not that he waited until then to consolidate his hold on some of the other islands of the Philippines. In late February, General Homa would send a battalion to land on Mindoro, just below Luzon. The Japanese landed on the island's northeast corner, while 50 Filipino troops were on the southern end. The two sides would not clash right away, but it was clear the island now had new owners. Meanwhile, General Douglas MacArthur was as cautiously optimistic as his men and sub-commanders were with the enemy's pullback. Perhaps they had bought enough time for supplies and reinforcements to arrive. Directing the war from Corregidor Island, MacArthur was hoping that he and his had just pulled off a late Christmas miracle. But for now, the island of Corregidor would go on serving its main purpose besides being the general's headquarters, which was to protect Manila Bay with its large guns. Holding the majority of Luzon was nice, but not being able to use one of the finest bays in the Pacific would affect the Japanese plans. Specifically, Corregidor had 14 large batteries, which had the range to cover the bay as well as Cavite City, which sits on a small hook of a peninsula that is east just northeast of Corregidor itself. This peninsula helps create Bakor Bay, another excellent harbor that was still unusable by the Japanese. Yet the island just below Southern Bataan had more on it than just bristling guns. The facilities on Corregidor, built for the U.S. Army, meant that the island was to be self-contained and could house 6,000 soldiers. There was a power plant, water desalination facility, 13 miles of railroad, an airfield, quarters for troops, and Fort Mills. Located on the west end of the island, Fort Mills was the largest seacoast fort in the Philippines and constructed between 1904 and 1910. Also, it had the largest underground facility in the U.S. coastal defense system, the Malinta Tunnel, built between 1922 and 1934. It was here that MacArthur was currently ensconced. For as impressive as Corregidor was, with its large guns, minefields, and naval mines, not to mention its own power supplies, it did have one massive Achilles heel. Built before airplanes were incorporated into warfare, it was susceptible to direct air attacks, which made the Malinta Tunnel priceless. Also under the west end of the island, after the tunnel was constructed in the early 1930s, a 1,000-bed hospital was added, which was more than paying for itself in the current conflict. The main tunnel, which runs east to west, was 831 feet, or 253 meters, long, 24 feet, or 7.3 meters wide, and 18 feet, 5.5 meters high. To the north of the main tunnel were 13 lateral tunnels, which is where the hospital was located, and to the south of the main tunnel were 11 more lateral tunnels. Just north of the main tunnel, right of center was MacArthur's headquarters. This podcast could not exist without the help of sponsors like Yahoo Finance. When it comes to your financial future, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, you've invested all that you can. Now, you need to take those investments to the next level by using what every financial great uses, Yahoo Finance. That's Yahoo com. Going back to MacArthur's officers on Southern Bataan, the troops may have been eager to go on the offensive. Successfully defending your last spot of land will do that to soldiers, but this idea was given a quick death, as attacking consumes much more food, gasoline, and lives than a static defense. Besides, the larger goal was to deny the enemy Manila Bay, and that the Allies were doing by staying alive and remaining defiant, as it was a lull descended over no man's land between the two forces. And yet, it should never be forgotten that politics is the obverse side of the coin that is war. Yes, MacArthur's men, mostly Filipinos, had done magnificently, even defying the odds, but they were really only defending their last scrap of land. The war for the Philippines was already over. And if that was the case, what would happen to MacArthur in time? Become a POW? That could not happen. As one island or territory fell after another to the Japanese in late 1941, early 1942, the defiance of the Philippines was front and center in the continental U.S., And that was the case mostly because of MacArthur's communiques about his men and himself. No, he had become the personification of American resistance to the sucker-punching enemy. Nothing could be allowed to happen to him. Not that FDR would have cried a tear should something befall the general. Speaking of FDR, following the adage, it takes one to know one, The President knew that the Philippines were lost, but that MacArthur would be loath to leave his command, considering the desperate situation of his men. How would it look? And anyone who knew anything of the General knew that he had political aspirations. Might 1944 see FDR and MacArthur go head to head? But that was for later. FDR knew, and was told so by his chief of staff, George Marshall, that MacArthur had to be pulled out for future use. The question was how to get the man out, but keep his reputation and swagger intact. The answer, an order from the president, was obvious. How it was to be carried out made all the difference. The campaign for this, if you will, started on February 2nd when Army Chief of Staff George Marshall sent a message asking MacArthur, What were your plans for your wife and young son, who were with them in the Malinta Tunnel? Two days later, another message from Marshall asked about the plans for the various Philippine officials with MacArthur. This message also mentioned, for the first time, the idea of leaving the fortress defense of Corregidor in American hands, but not MacArthur's hands. Marshall went on, under these conditions, the need for your services there might well be less pressing than at other points in the Far East. Then, it was time to open Pandora's box. Marshall said that MacArthur could either go to Mindanao, a large city on the southern end of the Philippines, and carry on his command, but even the duration of that would depend on how the fighting went and if supplies could be sent to the more southern island. Or MacArthur could head straight to Australia and command all army forces in the Far East. Now, at the moment, there were no large American or Australian forces on Australia. But MacArthur did not know that, and Marshall did not explain that. The response to this by those on Corregidor was, Silence. Then, four days later, on February 8th, a message came to FDR from President Manuel Quezon. It proposed that the U.S. immediately make the Philippines independent, remove all American forces, and somehow all Japanese forces, that the Philippine army would then be disbanded and the newly freed country would sit this one out. This missive was joined by a statement from MacArthur that said, He supported the statement from the President and that the forces under his command were badly battle-worn and that there is no denying the fact that we are near done. Further, the General spoke of the Filipinos' almost violent resentment against the United States. This message ended with, whether we fight or remove ourselves, a delay is still achieved, and that was the wider goal. Now, this fantasy of a solution was received by Washington on February 8. The next day, FDR replied, and his response was anything but fanciful. The American president told the Philippine president that the U.S. government would never agree to such a plan, not simply because the Japanese would never go along with it, but because the United States had promised to defend the Philippines, and that was binding. FDR said, So long as the flag of the U.S. flies on Filipino soil, it will be defended by our own men to the death. We shall not relax our efforts until the forces which are now marshalling outside the Philippine Islands return to the Philippines and drive the last remnant of the invaders from your soil. The message in between these words was, Because that's the only way the Japanese will ever leave. Along with this note, a separate one was sent to MacArthur that said the Filipino troops can disband if they want, but the American troops were forbidden to surrender as long as there remained any possibility of resistance. The reason for this was twofold. First, the wider military situation was still in flux, as Singapore, the main British position in the Far East, as well as Sumatra and Java were still defiant and two, being political, that the world in general, and that the Japanese in particular, had to see that the U.S. and her allies would never surrender and would continue to resist until the predatory powers retreated back to their own borders. To this, both MacArthur and President Kazan agreed, but in the same note, MacArthur made it clear that he and his family would remain on Corregidor and share the fate of of the garrison, Quote, I have not the slightest intention in the world of surrendering or capitulating the Filipino element of my command. Another message from MacArthur to Marshall was sent on February fifteenth about Corregidor's number of anti-aircraft ammunition, but it was a moot point as Singapore fell on that same day, and Malaya, Borneo, and the Celebes had already been lost. Oh, and that MacArthur again requested an attack on the enemy's lines of communications. That this could be the beginning of a complete reversal of the overall situation. Washington stayed silent on this as their only reply could have been, with what forces? Besides, though the Arcadia Conference, the meeting of American and British political and military leaders was technically over, It was decided by the two that Wavell's ABDA command was finished and that the U.S. would now take responsibility for the eastern portion of the former ABDA area, which included Australia and the Netherlands Indies. In the future, a buildup of forces was needed first. As for the western half of the former ABDA command, that would go to the British. Again, once they rebuilt their forces, and like the Americans survived this opening phase of the war in the Pacific. All this was decided on the last week of February. The details had to be worked out, but that would come later. On February 27th, the combined chiefs of staff ordered Wavell to dissolve his headquarters, turn over command of operations to the Netherland authorities, and then head to India for the aforesaid rebuilding which left the Americans to decide who would command their half, the eastern half, of ABDA. There was only one choice, someone who was qualified to command a large Allied headquarters in the southwest Pacific, General Douglas MacArthur. As the decision was obvious, though General Wavell was ordered to move out on February 27th, MacArthur got his orders five days earlier on February 22nd, from the President himself. Now, going back to the day before, February 21st, when General Marshall told MacArthur that FDR might order him to Mindanao, the General liked the idea. He could still direct the defense of Southern Bataan, which was somewhat more likely to receive supplies coming from Australia. Also, Mindanao could serve as a base to one day retake Luzon. The message was also asking MacArthur what he thought of this move. Not that it mattered, as the next day, the 22nd, FDR had decided and ordered MacArthur to Mindanao, but not to lead a fight from there. It was only to be a short stay, for he was being ordered to Australia. MacArthur was to leave Fort Mills, stay on Mindanao only long enough to ensure a prolonged defense, and then... Make for Australia. This was the first MacArthur was hearing of this and that it was an order. Indeed, he was to stay on Mindanao no more than a week. Already, Washington was making arrangements for air and submarine transportation in Australia to gather up the general, his family, and his chief of staff. All this was in MacArthur's hands at noon on February 23rd, and his reply was just as swift. MacArthur told those around him that he would refuse this order, and then proceeded to draft a terse refusal. But then he gathered his entire staff and put the question-slash-order before them. The men around the general replied that, one, he would have to comply in the end, and two, it would only ruin his career with a court-martial. Besides, he would be leading a force back to the Philippines and he owed it to his men for who knew what their status would be at that point. MacArthur tore up his refusal draft and replied back on February 24th, saying he accepted his orders. However, this was MacArthur. So he then stated that he appreciated the confidence implied in the President's orders and agreed that he should be the one to lead a force back to Luzon. And that he had to point out that the failure to send supplies and reinforcements to the Philippines had created a very difficult situation, which I have been able to meet only through the peculiar confidence placed in me by the Filipino people and army. Further, his abrupt departure might cause the collapse in the Philippine area, Thus, he was asking for permission to delay his departure until the best psychological time. He ended with, Please be guided by me in this matter. I know the situation here in the Philippines, and unless the right moment is chosen for this delicate operation, a sudden collapse might occur. These people are depending upon me now and any idea that might develop in their minds that I was being withdrawn For any other purpose than to bring them immediate relief cannot be explained. This response by MacArthur was a meandering yes, but it was a yes. So the next day, General Marshall told MacArthur that FDR was fine with the man on the scene making the decision as to when to leave. Further to this, the Army and Navy commanders in Australia were to have a submarine and B-17 on standby to make the pickup. MacArthur replied to this that all sounded satisfactory, and he expected to leave around March 15th. All that he was waiting for was for the situation on Bataan to become militarily stabilized, which was hard to define as it was unclear exactly when the Japanese would renew their attacks. But they would return. All knew that. But what about an attack on the Japanese by the Allies? MacArthur was seriously considering this, hoping to achieve a stabilization of the situation on his own terms. But once he went over the supplies of food and ammunition and medicine, the General knew it was not possible. Hence, his time here, Was done. No, he was needed in Australia to lead the American and Allied troops there back to Luzon to rescue his men. He would either be back before they were overwhelmed or he would come and free them from the enemy. Either way, he would return. Greetings, everyone from Central Virginia. So sorry for the gap, but it was spring break here, and we went away for a couple days. Uh, I got my second shot, so I was out of it for a day. It was was pretty uh, nauseating, but just knowing that going to be good in the future. So anyways, I'd like to say hi to some new members and thank some people who have made donations. As far as the latest members, Amanda Robertson from New Lambton Heights in New South Wales. Thank you very much. Caleb Yeager, who is from Star Idaho. They are the latest members to... Pay the five bucks a month and get two extra episodes a month. I am currently doing a series on the uh, the war off of North Carolina's coast with the, the Coast Guard and the volunteers, and it's pretty amazing the rescues and how completely unprepared the u.s navy was but again their priorities were elsewhere with convoys in the pacific so they just like everybody else were having to make do as far as those who have donated uh there's dale fowler who i think has donated a couple times thank you dale uh nuala kavanaugh thank you very much richard kuzman from switzerland i probably butchered your name and i am very sorry about that, Richard, but thank you for the donation. So um, the next episode will be the pretty incredible tale of FDR's escape from Corregidor. Yes, he was called Dugout Dug by his men. We'll get to that, but the, but the escape is, is pretty amazing, so we'll cover that soon. And it will be uh, next week. Uh, we're, we're done with the vacations for now, so I'll see you soon. Thank you for your patience, and as always, take care, everyone.